All right, comic fans, it's time for another episode of Comics and Characters with Jeff Anderson and Michael Mead. We are back with episode 14, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jeff Anderson with Michael Mead. Michael, how are you? How's it going, Jeff? How are you? Doing A-OK, thanks. First thing we need to announce is our podcast name is Comics and Characters. We thought over the last couple episodes, and if you've been listening, you heard us talking about expanding from the DC universe into all things comics. And so we figured, why not talk about comics, the comic characters, the authors, the artists, and and the industry. So we've really opened it up for a lot of topics, a lot more uh, heroes and villains we can talk about, a lot more artists and authors. So with that said, Michael, we were reading some stuff this week, and I I couldn't wait to tell you that I started reading Injustice, Gods Among Us. Yes. So if you remember maybe episode 12, we were, I started talking about digging into the online or the digital firsts or the digital only comics. Sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When I did that research, I found, I stumbled across Injustice Gods Among Us. Now, I guess they had like six or seven or eight maybe books that they actually did in print. Yeah. They but they didn't few. keep printing, right? They, 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 it seemed to me they stopped printing and went digital only. Is that accurate? Uh, not to mind. I'm pretty sure they finished it off. Because I remember the story pretty much ending, but I mean, okay. it could be wrong for sure. Well, it, I'll tell you this. In the app, the DC Comics app, they had it under digital only. So maybe, I don't know, whatever. But that's where I found it. <laughs> I had dismissed it, it for the longest time, thinking it was just a comic book about a video game. And normally you should. I want recommend- to put that out there that most <laughs> 90% of video game books are going to be terrible. This yep. is like the exception to the rule. Holy smokes. You know, it, it's, not as, it's not as good as Identity Crisis, obviously, but I will tell you, yeah. and what, it happened like five, six pages in, Superman puts his hand through Joker's chest and blasts out yeah. his heart. I was in. Yeah. I was like, I don't care where this book it, goes, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> it's such a crazy, uh, it's such a crazy Elseworld, and I love that it's this Elseworld book that kind of, explores Superman in a way that really hasn't been before. Like, uh, and like, he, you just see him slip, even the smallest thing, right? Right before that moment too, he calls Batman Bruce right in front of the Joker. Right. And the Joker's like Bruce. Right. And then like, <laughs> it's, it's, you see him start to slip, like just every, so uh, every little bit throughout mm-hmm. this entire, throughout this entire series, it's really such a good read. Like all, all of it, all the characters are so well thought out. I can't oh, stop. The storyline is so great. I can't stop reading it. I've I've read, I read the. How far are you? Yeah, yeah. I read the first what six ish, seven issues, which was the first arc, and then it did the first yeah. year, year one or something. And I haven't started year two yet, and I just I can't wait to see what happens in year two. But man, the no, I I love it. Yeah, the stuff year two's the into the magic. Like you get into John Constantine, like he Batman helps. Uh, yeah. Super cool. The stuff, he, the stuff he puts the Justice League through is nuts. It really is. Like all these characters, and then these characters taking sides too. Like, mm-hmm. yep. And who's then, gonna go? Like, whose vision is it going to team up with with Superman? And you're gonna see like who actually is like really what's on his side, and, and how that really like kind of opens Superman's eyes to like what his what his goals are so yep yeah it's really good i'm glad you're reading this book i i would never i never recommend it more it's so fun um 
if if I were to overly critique one thing, just just yeah, one please, thing, yeah. it would be there's like this this quasi super soldier serum, for lack of a better word, that Lex is, oh, and he gives it to like Ma Kent, and she like holds Superman's fist or something. I thought that was a little yeah. over the top, like whatever. But aside from that, <laughs> the book was it's so good that it, like that didn't bother me a whole lot. Um, yeah. But in my opinion, she might have well just turned him over her knee right there. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. That would have been kind of crazy. I would have yeah. that. So that's what I've been reading. What about yourself? Well, uh, I just, let's see if I have it here. I just pulled this new book, The Lost Carnival. Okay. It is a, it's kind of a teen book. It's like a, a YA kind of book that they, they just put out. It is about Dick Grayson in his uh uh in in the circus years so oh. it, it's it's a uh, yeah I, I follow this artist sass uh on on instagram and then he never does any comic work and then all of a sudden he's like oh look i did a comic and i was like this is super sad <laughs> and it's big grayson yeah. so uh, i had to pick it up uh i've really enjoyed it it's crazy it doesn't have really anything batman related it's just taking the character of dick grayson and really exploring who he is uh as a person uh and how he connects with friends and how how he is uh, his like his very key moral uh, guidelines uh, for him as a person. So uh, it's really fun. It's really really cool. It's not really a, like it's not really a superhero book. He does save people in it. It's really cool because I mean, that's Dick Grayson. But uh, uh, it's just a really really fun uh, adventure into like who Dick Grayson is as a person. Okay. Uh, so it was really cool. I really liked it. Speaking of speaking of Grayson, did you read? Um, well, you probably did. Probably a dumb question. <laughs> did you read we'll Grayson see. the the detect like he was the detective? It was about 12 issues or so. Oh, the, just the Grayson storyline. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's written think? by Tom King. That book is phenomenal. Hmm. I'll have to, you know, yeah. I saw I'll it when it came it. out, but I was reading a bunch of other stuff at the time. I was like, I can't just add another title to my already growing <laughs> list. But it always, yeah. the art style really intrigued me. Um, it reminds me a bit of um, Black Science and, mm-hmm. and Saga. Like they are like it's almost pop art, right? Andy Warhol looking. Yeah. Funny enough, like a, what what our border looks like around here. Yeah, it's a little more clean than than those, because um, I mean it has to be. It's it's very mainstream, but um, yeah. but yeah, I see I see your your connection for sure with those. Uh, the story is amazing. This takes place right after um, where does it? It takes place uh, after uh, Forever Evil mm. storyline that uh, DC did. That was fun. So uh, Dick Grayson is dead, right? So he's like the super spy now. Uh, and it sends Dick Grayson into, again, more of a feel of who he is as a person. He's not hiding behind a mask anymore. Right. Uh, you're feeling who Dick Grayson is, uh, not like not only as a person, but as a hero and what he really kind of stands for, not behind Batman at all. Not like a Batman light as like a lot of people like to, uh, like, like they call him. So, uh, right. no, I struggle with that. Uh, I get, I get the the feeling of you know not wanting to add more <laughs> things to your list. I wish I had that feeling, Jeff. I always look at that and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't add this one as I'm buying it. You know, <laughs> like, so that, I I totally understand that. Okay, well, um, that's uh, and that was called Carnival. What, what Carnival? Uh, Lost Carnival. Okay. So good. I highly recommend this book. It's fun. If you kind of like I said, it's not really a superhero book. There's no capes. There's no tights in this book. It's 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 a it's a teen book kind of uh, kind of feel to it, but uh, uh, it's it's really good for all, like all most ages, you know, tweens to to adults. Uh, it's really it dives into a lot of 
kind of teen issues and things like that. So I think that was a really fun take on it. Okay, cool. Um, so that's what we've been reading. Let's talk a little bit about um, DC Comics this week. Yes, yes. So we talk about what's going on with DC in the industry. Yes, just Absolutely. comics in general. Um, we're getting brand new comics this week, finally. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just DC Comics. This upcoming Wednesday, we get brand new comics from other industries. Uh, however, unfortunately, both Marvel and DC won't have any real big books this week. Uh, Marvel was already announced that they're going to start releasing their books on the 27th. So that was already pre-planned. However, DC happened to miss ship their books to the main distributor Diamond this week. Uh, it just happened to be that the first week, uh, well, this was the first week that you could choose between Diamond stores, retailers, choose between Diamond and uh, DC's own distributors. But they just happened to not ship the comics to diamond so you can only get dc comics this week if you went with their distributors oddly enough but uh yeah it's just it's just been a really really rocky road with these new uh dc distributors right now so what's your honest thought that it was uh accidental or no no it doesn't feel accidental at all it feels very much like like a childish punishment to like the the retailers that went back to diamond there was a there's a huge drop-off Right, because you can only get comics through DC's two distributors for the past two weeks. Right, mm-hmm. Diamond wasn't shipping out. This is the first week Diamond shipping out, so all the retailers jumped ship back to Diamond because Diamond had a better discount, Diamond had better shipping costs, and better handling costs. Like it was, it was just, just all better. The other the other distributors wouldn't honor the the discounts at all. So that's it was very weird much- because in their original statement they had mentioned they would. Right right mm-hmm. they would <laughs> and the thing is also is that the people closer to these distributors got the books first right these distributors would send the books out thursday and if you happen to live in the immediate area you got it friday yeah and so people were releasing books because dc would let you just sell it so people were already getting their books the friday before the wednesday we were all the other stores would already get them so people were already complaining about that uh no wow. they they he said a lot of stuff, but they didn't really go through with it. And of course, to be fair, it's brand new system. This is a very big system. So I'm sure a lot of stuff was going to be a little haywire at first. But these seem to be a lot of easy catches, you know, uh, that DC kind of just kind of let, let go through the cracks. Uh, but uh, this whole misship from Diamond was just, was just ridiculous. It's, it's so blatant that they're just beating up. They're just mad at the, the the retailers that went back to Diamond. It's just, it's just so it's just so apparent. So why not why not just stop your affiliation with Diamond if you're DC Comics? I know, yeah, because I mean, why? You, I, what's the upside? Why keep them? Like you could legit force retailers say, you know what, you ain't getting our books through Diamond anymore because we can't come to an agreement with them. Therefore, you get it from yeah. Distributor East or Distributor West. Those are your choices. I think maybe because Diamond has a better distributed a dis- distribution process through like bookstores and things like that. Uh, oh, you mean they have a, they have a reach? They have a reach that the other two distributors don't currently have. Yeah, I would assume so because like the other two distributors were about ten percent. I would say a little less than ten percent of DC's like actual like comic book revenue, mm-hmm. right? Because by those two distributors, I mean Midtown Comics and Discount Comic Service, right? right. Discount Comic Books. Those are about how much books they bought from DC was 
was a good, like a little less than 10% of, of what they would bring in, which is a lot, sure, but it's only 10%. The other 90 was from everywhere else. So like, it just seems so crazy that they're really like focusing on these two and not giving a, on such a like, what I would consider a small percentage. I mean, it's 10%, it's not small by any means, but like, it's not their entire thing. Right. And so they're, 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 they're trying to make it so much uh, connected to their, like their book sales, which uh, I think that, like I said, that's why they, they really do stick with Diamond. Because um, they got rid of the whole like week advanced uh, promise that they made to comic stores. Like usually before comic stores would get the books, get the comics uh, on the comic release date and then bookstores would get it a week later. That's gone now. So you can get, if bookstores decide to sell comics, they can get comics the same week as comic book retailers. DC got rid of that. Okay. And so, but that's, that, see, that just seems like they're just going, they're trying to focus more on like the book sales and a lot of these big, these two big distributors that they, they made don't have those connections yet, yet. They might, like, like that's not a bad thinking, Jeff. Like it, they, they definitely could probably be in the process of like, Long-term goal, we're getting away from Diamond and you guys are going to do it. Just start setting it up. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sure there's more to, more to come for that story. We'll see what, what happens yeah, next we'll week. I mean, their, their two distribution model might just fail out of the gate. I, I, I have no idea. I think they're putting a lot of... They, want to, they don't want it to fail. So I think they're... They're going to, they, it seems like they really want to get away from Diamond and it seems like they don't really want to, you know, help out combo retailers too much. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I hope that I'm should, wrong. I really do. That should be pretty interesting to say the least. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that brings us to one of our two segments for the day. Let's talk about artists, authors, and anecdotes. Yes. This week I thought we would dive into one of my favorite authors as well. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, he's one of my favorite uh, comic book writers. He has written such a breadth of different uh, uh, material throughout all the mm -hmm. companies. Uh, his major ones, as you posted right now, Runaways was one of his big titles over at uh, Marvel. This was uh, so good. Which one? It was so good. Oh, Runaways? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is fantastic. Like, he, he wrote this book. He's, it was, <laughs> the series is really good just because it starts with Brian K. Vaughn. And then leads into Josh Whedon uh, as a writer for this. Like it's it's such a solid series. Uh, it's so teen angsty, but like very well written teen angst. So it's it's really really great. Uh, it's just like I said, it's one of his big premiere titles at Marvel. Uh, like when that really showed who he was. He yeah. did other work before that. Like his one of his first books was um, X Men: uh, Tales of the Age of Apocalypse, number two. That was his first credited comic book okay. uh, um, piece, which we'll we'll get to here in a second. But this book really uh, kind of got him going. Uh, he did a bunch of like indie work too. Uh, he did uh, some issues of Noble Causes, which is one of my favorite books. I strongly suggest people read this book too. It's a fun book. Uh, tell really, me about really this. hardcore, really underrated. Yeah, tell me about this book. I've seen it on the shelf. Um, yeah. And I've heard people that are into it. I never knew why. What's like the, like, what's the one paragraph version of what this is about? Sure. It's, uh, it's like, a, you get a Fantastic Four feel, so you get that family of superheroes, but they're famous. So you also get that like celebrity people like want to know what's going on in their lives. Uh, they save the world. They're super dysfunctional, even <laughs> though like uh, the uh, the world doesn't really see that too much. But if they, if it does, it causes a scandal. So you get kind of like that 
that like paparazzi feel with them, but they're also a family. They're also superheroes. And so you get that like uh, soap opera drama, you know, between all of them. Uh, but keeping at the same up with time, the, keeping up with the stuff. cartoon heroes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You get that like keeping up with the Kardashians kind of feel uh, with, with this family. So it's really fun. Uh, you don't really get that kind of uh, sense from like any other kind of book, like comic book. Uh, yeah. So this is a really unique take on superheroes. So I thought this was really fun. And Brian K. Vaughn does a fantastic job. He wrote a few issues. And there we go. This is like his first premiere comic book work back in like the late in the late 90s, I think 97, uh, 1997. This is uh, Tales of the Age of Apocalypse, issue number two. Uh, his first credited comic book work. Uh, and it was over at Marvel. And they, they let him continue to do a lot of other stuff. He grew and he got eventually got into Runaways, which was his big book. And before leaving Marvel, he did a book called uh, Doctor Strange, The Oath, which was another huge book. But then his premiere book, here it is, Saga. This is what really, really threw him up. Uh, he did another uh, independent book that really got him famous. Uh, two others called like Why the Last Man. Oh. And then also, um, yeah, yeah, Ex Machina. Those two books really were his big indie books at the time. He got a little underground following for that. Why the Last Man was ooh, amazing. But this is what really threw him up into like the stardom of, of comic book writers was Saga. Uh, him and, and Fiona Staples, the artist for this book, just it's never bad this book has never had a lull except for this almost two-year lull that we're on right now because they haven't put out a new book in like almost two years which is very frustrating but uh but it's frustrating because the book is so good yeah it's ridiculous good. and here's yeah dr strange the oath which was like his last big marvel work uh okay. which was a phenomenal dr strange storyline uh specifically they really he really dove into him as a doctor and who uh, strange was and getting into like the mystic arts and being a hero in general. So uh, okay. the oath is uh, such a cool book. And like I said, one of the last things uh, uh, Brian K. Vaughn did before really starting his, uh, his other uh, breath of work, he did do some DC work. I think we have something here. There's vertigo. He did a swamp thing series, which is very known for it. Vertigo uh, besides his, uh, why the last man, this is what, what led into him doing why the last man uh, was his swamp thing work, which is really, really a crazy look. Because uh, you have to compete with Alan Moore's Swamp Thing when it comes to Vertigo Swamp Thing, so it was very hard to do. <laughs> but this is something that touches on it. You you get more of a feel of Swamp Thing as a person. Like Brian K. Vaughn has this way of connecting with people, and so it was really really neat take on Swamp Thing uh, that you can connect with this monster. You know, this is really really great. So, but yeah, why the last man? Did we just start another rumor that there's going to be a, a movie in the works behind the video game, behind the TV show, behind the movie? <laughs> See, that's the thing. I, there's so much Why the Last Man. I, I follow that like crazy. They're always greenlighting it, and then someone drops off. Greenlighting it. It's going to be a movie. Director left. It's going to be a TV show now. The main actor they cast left. Like, it's such in limbo. Hollywood wants to make it, but for some reason can't make it. Like, I don't know. That it's would crazy. Be, <laughs> it would be a much better maxi or mini series than a movie oh yeah for sure you're not I was you're not going to pull it off unless unless you make it a trilogy you're not going to pull it off in one movie oh not at all no it needs to be some sort of like hbo or something like a actual like ongoing series that yep. really follows these characters because it's such a cool story and i think that hollywood recognizes that like I said mm -hmm. they haven't given up on it i keep hearing things like every few months they're like oh why the last man got a new director or got a new lead actor uh, but no one seems to really want to commit to it, and I have no idea why. And it's, it's a shame. 
And it's such a good book. Yeah, it's ridiculously good. I, I, I couldn't recommend that, that book enough. Uh, it's <laughs> the thing with Brian K. Vaughn, uh, I noticed is like, with like, okay, for example, with Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman's Walking Dead, the book doesn't have like an overarching plot. The plot is to survive, right? You just keep moving, you keep going. <laughs> Ryan K. Vaughn, you could tell, had an idea. He just hadn't come up with it yet. He mm-hmm. was like, I have this cool idea. I don't know how it's going to end. Let's just keep going. And so like halfway through the series, you're like, Ryan K. Vaughn, where's the ending? And he's like, I don't we'll figure it out together mm-hmm. <laughs> but he eventually gets there which is phenomenal but like he kind of has that thing where like you don't know exactly where he's going and you kind of get this feeling that he doesn't know where he's going either but you trust that he'll he'll get there in the end. so maybe you know this where is he now what is he on just saga is that it it's just saga at the moment he did like a he did like a one-shot issue of walking at the end of walking dead uh he did like this uh had nothing to do with the main series. It was like this random issue uh, when the series ended, uh, right. and he does like things randomly. He'll he'll fill in or do something. Uh, he does a lot of TV work. He writes a lot uh, for oh. TV and movies. Uh, so there's that. Um, but yeah, his main book right now, his main focus is uh, is uh, Saga. I mean, he also does Paper Girls for Image as well with oh, yeah. uh, with Chang. He does Paper Girls. Um, I think I don't know if that's ended or not, or if that's on hiatus as well at the moment, but. Uh, he, I want him to focus on Saga. That He needs to come back and do that with Fiona Staples. All right. Well, that's Brian K. Vaughn. You guys should definitely check out his work. You should check out Saga. You should check out Runaways. You should check out Why the Last Run- Man. Those are yeah. three I know of. I'm kind of intrigued to hear a little bit more about this Doctor Strange book. Is it a short, is it like a short series or is it oh, a yeah. one shot? One trade. Do it. Yeah, that's it. I know you're a, you're a Swamp Thing fan. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not as big a Swamp Thing as you are. That one didn't really catch me, but definitely that, that Doctor Strange. And, oh, The Noble Causes. I might check out the first volume of that. Definitely check out The Noble Causes. That's such a cool book. It's, like, it's super underrated. Like Almost no one reads it for some reason. It's phenomenal. All right. Well, that's Brian K. Vaughn. That's going to bring us to our next segment. It's time to uncover powers of the DC Universe. Today, I'm bringing up Daniel Patrick Cassidy. If you don't know who that is... Oh. That's the Blue Devil. Blue Devil was uh, like a special effects guy. Uh, well, Daniel Patrick Cassidy, special effects guy, stuntman. Um, he, was, he was hired originally to play this character called the Blue Devil, like in movies. And he had a, uh, like a full body costume uh, with a like powered skeleton with built-in special effects and all this kind of thing. And one of his uh, co-stars... Freed a demon named Neros. Like, why not? How do you just accidentally free a demon? You got me. But in comic books, you sure can. Um, Long story short, he used his costume to drive the demon back, but it like permanently grafted to him. So I didn't know that part. I didn't know like he was this person who wore this costume with with things, and then this fight caused this like this fusion, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, he then went off to uh, to find out, like find some more thrills, and the blue demon, uh, the blue demon did. He ended up. He was quite famous as an actor. Um, he he then bargained with the the demon, uh, and the demon offers him more fame, but he wanted an act of destruction as payment. So he sends Cassidy to destroy an unmanned electrical station in the desert, leaving it to be harmless. 
He complies. He causes the death of Maria Bloom, which is the aunt of his best friend. The story yeah. of the personal office is enough to attract several movie offers. Um, opposing <laughs> Neuron, Cassidy is able to partly foil the demon's short-term plans, but dies in the process. His death, however, much like all comic book deaths, is short-lived. He's restored to life as a real devil. Now, this is where, like, the blue devil devil comes from here forward. He's no longer a man yeah. in an organic suit at all. He's now, um, uh, he's now a full-on demon. As a devout Catholic, he's now no longer able to step into a cathedral, <laughs> given yeah. that he is a full-on demon. Um, he joins, he joins the, with the Justice League and <laughs> is handed yet another death sentence by uh, a character named Mist. Uh, she, <laughs> she showered him with holy water, of all things, yeah. killing him again. He's then resurrected again by Sebastian Faust. Uh, he wanted, uh, Faust wanted help with Blue Demon to uh, basically to restart the fires of hell during the Day of Judgment storyline in DC. He has a chance to confront uh, Neros, empowered by a magic trident, and that's what you see him like wielding now, is his trident, uh, given by the King of Lies himself. The Blue Devil stalls him, strips him of his trident, steals it, and allows Firestorm to deal the killing blow. Um, and then back on Earth, your favorite heroes, all the Sentinels of Magic, save the day. Um, Blue Devil then Shout joins with these magic users, but it's weird. Um, Faust restores Devil's freedom by restoring him to his uh, last missing bone, but he sacrifices his life again, <laughs> fighting Hermes. But as a true devil, <laughs> he returns to life again, tasked to roam the earth with Lucifer's trident, sending escaped demons back to hell. So that's kind of his thing, is he's a demon fighter. And if you remember, did you read Shadow Pact? Yeah, no, I love Shadow Pact. I bet you I do, because the Detective Chimp is in there. <laughs> it gets no better than Detective Chimp, Enchantress, <laughs> Ragman, Blue Devil. Who else is that crazy? Who else is that crazy? Um, they, they go after fighting. They go to fight Eclipso. I, uh, yeah, Ragman. Yeah, it, that's pretty. That, that's pretty. Nightshade comes in. Uh, that I love that book because <laughs> like, I like those magic users. I like yeah. the I like the the dark end of of DC and the shadows kind of thing. Like I like that stuff. Yep. So that's that's the story behind Blue Devil, once famous actor known for his stunts and uh, special effects. And used this suit, then he died, comes back, real demon, keeps all those powers, steals Lucifer's yeah. trident, goes and fights the minions <laughs> of hell. I really uh I really kind of am sad they never do more with him. They mm -hmm. kind of touched on him a little bit when the new 52 started. Uh, he was in the DC Presents. He did a little miniseries with Black Lightning. Mm -hmm. uh, they called, uh, uh, they, that was really cool. Uh, I love, before the New 52, he had a sidekick too, like that during the Teen Titans, the Kid Devil. Yep. Uh, he was really, really cool. I liked that whole dynamic. Uh, I liked Kid Devil a lot, uh, especially in Jeff John's Teen Titans run. Um, so not using the Blue Devil to like his full capacity, he like just kind of comes in randomly. Like, I really would love uh, him to be, like, a part of something. He would really work well in Justice League Dark right now. Yeah, so I would. think that's a cool character that, that you bring up right now, especially everything going on with uh, the, that, the characters and the mythos of Justice League Dark. So uh, that's cool. I like. Yeah, he's really an underrated hero. Yeah, they, so that's kind of my hope during these segments is to, like, dive into some people that, okay, I know the guy exists, but I don't know much about him. Like, who is he? Like, 
fundamentally, who, who are these people, right? So funny enough, you brought up earlier today, you brought up Forever Evil. Yeah, Forever Evil. He had a pretty big part in that. Um, he, uh, what did he do in Forever Evil? He, he kind of joined up with the magic users that were captured by Felix Faust and Nick, Nick uh, Necro to use them as part of a weapon to defeat the crime syndicate's Earth. Yeah, exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, another John Constantine story as well. He was led by John Constantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, they, 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 like I said, they kind of just bring him in like when they need like an extra firepower. Uh, yep. he is such, he's such a dynamic character. Uh, and I think he would really benefit to something more mainstream. He doesn't need to have his, like, his own title, maybe, at least at first. But if he joins like Just the Dark or joins something uh, and really kind of showcase him and do a story focused on him. Well, okay, that's not true. He wasn't Just the Dark recently. He was, he was like the head of... Um, he took over responsibility of this... Uh, I forget which mystical land this is. Uh, he was actually... Now that I remember, he wasn't Just the Dark, but he wasn't part of the team. They right. just happened to be the land that he was in charge of now so and that's uh, the thing they constantly and you're you're absolutely right they constantly throw him in quasi supporting roles yeah right like oh hey it's blue devil he's going to help us on this other thing that we aren't prepared or willing to deal with okay see you later (laughs) right i know yeah he's just randomly there like Mm -hmm. they almost never give him any setup either which is kind of crazy so in um in live action here's some of the things that uh don't know how much of the uh, DC stuff you watch on TV or have watched, sure. and if, if you've seen any, um, if you watched any Gotham. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He was actually mentioned in Gotham, um, but he was uh, mentioned as a nickname for the hallucinogenic mushroom drug. <laughs> um, he also made his live action yeah, debut in the DC Universe Swamp Thing. Oh, oh, was he in there? Uh, According to this, he's in Swamp Thing. Uh, he, he's in one episode of that. Um, he's also mentioned in the Arrowverse on Arrow, where you can see a Blue Devil movie poster on a Starling City bus. Yes, which, I think I, I remember catching that one. Yeah, I didn't know yep. about the Swamp Thing one. Then there's a, a, a second movie poster, Blue Devil 2, Hell to Pay. <laughs> That's at the you movie theater when Barry friend. Allen and Iris West... Yeah, when Barry and um, Iris went to the movies... That was one of the movies on the marquee that was playing. So again, it's funny enough, even in TV, they make these same nods like, Blue Devil's a guy, but yeah, you don't need to see him. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yep. So, it's true, though. And he's like almost, like almost like, uh, he can almost be someone. Not yet, though. Not, not yet. Yep. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, Cassidy Blue Devil. Good, such a good character. Thank, thank, thank you for bringing that. that, that guy yeah, that one's attention. fun. I really thought that He's, was a neat one to uh, to dive into. All right. Yeah. So now we come. The time has come for the covers of the day. Here we and go. I wanted to make my- sure that you brought up or you brought something you showed me last week. I said you got to bring that for cover of the day because I I want people to see it. So you want to do your cover first or my cover first? Yeah, you always bring such amazing covers. So let's let's end with something fantastic, and let's just start start with mine real quick. Love it. Let's and, see it. Uh, this is a page, an actual page, mm-hmm. uh, from Nightwing, Volume One, issue was it issue issue three, page fourteen. Cool. And I don't know if you, it's it's going to reflect. I'm sorry. That's okay. So just tell us what we're looking at. So 
This is oh, this is an original page drawn by <clears throat> drawn by Greg Land. Yep. And uh, this is pages. If no one knows, combo pages start out super big, and so this is what they originally look like, and then they shrink them down for publication. And uh, as you can see, yeah, who's it the, is who, who's the big dude at the bottom? Uh, he was one of the. Uh, not premier villains. He was like one of like the secondary villains that uh, uh, Nightwing was trying to interrogate and trying to save okay. uh, at the same time, you know, being the hero he is. And so uh, this shows original Greg Land work uh, and inks as well. Mm. Uh, you see him right there. You see Nightwing right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so this is really cool. Signed by him, too. It was always nice. Right That's there. excellent. Great. What, a, what yeah. a cool piece. Uh, it's really, really cool. You see so many details. You so you see so many of like uh, like eraser marks and like whiteout marks. Isn't <laughs> that, all the, that stuff's really fun. It's really cool. I you see like I, all I the extra pencil, all the extra sketch lines, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really fun. I'll, I'll have to. We'll have to like. Uh, I'll take a picture of it. We'll put it on our social media page to get a better uh, detailed look at it. So love it. Okay, so here's what I got. Now this isn't classic. It's Let's not. See. It's not silver. It's not golden age. It's not bronze age. It's modern as modern can get. But I've always, always, always loved this cover. I love the character. Okay. I love the author. This is one of my favorite authors. Uh, let's see. What else can I say about this? I love it. You're building it up. I love it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, oh, and I love that. Oh, I want to say three or four episodes ago, you, you talked about how you really like covers where they use this stark black as a contrast. Yeah. yeah. Went, okay. Here it goes. See if I get this right. Oh, <laughs> I was just talking about the series, Jeff Johns Teen Titans. Ah, uh, and Raven cover. Oh, this is so cool. First, this series got me to get hooked on Teen Titans. Yeah, I didn't read original Teen Titans. It's like the '80s. I didn't never like, read uh, that. I started Teen Titans with with this, and. Then I went back to read other Teen Titans, and I've stayed reading Teen Titans since this series. And Jeff, you're, I, you're not wrong. That's how I did it as well. What's that? That's how I did it as well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff John's work, first of all, is one of my... The Rogues, when he wrote Flash Rogues, that whole saga, dynamite stuff. And then... Seriously, he's amazing. I, but I will confess, I have not read... <laughs> Green Lantern, written by him. I, you have to, you have to read his Green Lantern. He, that's like probably one of his premier books. Besides this Teen Titan run, like it's arguable that he, this Teen Titan run and his Green Lantern, you, he did, it, he did more for Green Lantern than Teen Titans. It really brought back Green Lantern. But yeah. this team, like just the way it was written, both on par with each other for sure. Okay, wow. So that, as a like as a book, like. Whatever, this book is one of a series, and the series was great, and the writing's great, but I really thought this cover, I always thought, I have like three of these. Like, <laughs> legit have three of these. One in better yeah, condition, because yeah. you can see here this little crink, or crimp here. But I just think, man, it's so cool. And that blackout with the cape. Oh, yeah, it does so much. Mm-hmm. And the, the flames, like just everything about that. And apologies that I don't know the artist on this cover, but I'm sure I could look in there and find it. It's really no. It, it's really cool, and I I'm always a fan of I, I like high action on covers. Maybe like a couple of people duking it out or something, but I am 
I prefer this kind of cover over, let's see, can I point? That way. <laughs> that way. Yeah. That, that yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm backwards. I completely I love single profile covers. I love the face profile covers that they've been doing lately, like on Deceased. Yeah. Um, I've seen some really good Joker solo covers. You know, the one for Batman 50 where he came out of the cake with the knives, right? Oh, totally. It was yeah, just yeah, yeah. him centric where there's not much going on. That Catwoman cover where it's just her face and the mask and the teardrops. Um, oh, the after. Adam Hughes cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So I'm always a fan of the single profile covers more than other covers. And then when there's high action, I like that. Other than that, maybe that's why I like Grayson so much. It was usually like him swinging on a rope or something or yeah, like pointing some guns. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I love this cover too. Like it's, it makes Raven so strong, such a mm. strong and intimidating character, which is normally not, not her style. So right. this cover not only is a very huge contrast with the colors, but it's a huge contrast of who Raven is as a, as a character. So yeah. uh, this is really, really a cool cover to, and, and to bring in. Yeah, that was a fun cover. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up episode 14 of Comics and Characters. We appreciate you watching. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. We hope you continue to do so. Be sure to like and or subscribe or both or thumbs down if you didn't like it. Maybe you, it's not your favorite cover. Maybe Jeff Johns isn't your favorite author. Maybe you can't stand Brian K. Vaughn. Could you imagine? <laughs> I know how, but we'll see. <laughs> Maybe you like John Romita Jr. <laughs> Maybe you like John Romita Jr. Uh, tell me so we can duke it out. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, keep in mind, there's a comic for everyone. Thanks, guys.